Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happenings. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballish, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes, that that seems to be the decision. All down. Oh. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be, it'll be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the Be Cool Radiator Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful Monday night. It's March, ladies and gentlemen. That means we have racing coming up very, very soon in and around our area. Before we get to all that, let's get into what's happening in a Motor City Minute. NASCAR in Las Vegas over the weekend. We talk about the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, how about Kyle Larson? Man, oh man, had that thing in the bag. A late race caution changes everything, and William Byron ends up going to victory lane. Sprints on ice over the weekend as well. The uh, sprint cars... They had a couple of the uh, Great Lakes Super Sprints up there at the St. Mary's River on the border of the United States and Canada up there uh, north of the bridge up in God's Country, Sault Ste. Marie area. Dustin Daggett was there. Uh, Jake from uh, New Hampshire, not from State Farm, but from New Hampshire from the Sprints on Ice was there. Uh, Sanforsone. And they put on a great show. Had about half a dozen Great Lakes Lightning Sprints there as well. Really fun time and a really great show put on just for uh, just for some fun and for some publicity. It was a really good time. Next year you should be up there for sure. ASA makes its triumphant return this weekend, Rich. The latest update on the entry list showed almost 40 cars getting set to try to take on Five Flag Speedway for a shot at $20,000. The ASA Stars National Tour makes its return coming up on Saturday night with Ralph Shaheen, and Jim Trado on the call, uh, so that's going to be pretty cool as well. Those things, so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me with an umbrella martini in hand. Good evening, sir. How are you? You're way behind the curves, Zach. Way behind the <laughs> curve this afternoon, all right? Last week you said we're going to let you go to have one. I beat you to it this week. All Sorry right. about that, my friend. No, that's sure. you listen, you gotta enjoy your vacation. I had to call you in to make you work a little bit tonight, but I uh, do appreciate making time for us. So This uh, is like overtime, right? I get paid overtime for this one. Yeah, go ahead and double your normal wages and uh we'll cool. get that we'll get that taken care of. All right. Awesome. <laughs> I feel thrilled. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> uh speaking of guys feeling thrilled, how about our five drivers in South Africa? that were racing. Now, this was originally four, but apparently if you just show up with the group, they'll hand you a fire suit. That's what happened to uh, the son of Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame driver Brian Tyler. Robert Tyler was there kicking around. They said, hey, we got this car, we got this fire suit, we got this helmet. You want to play? 
And, of course, he said, hell yeah, let me in on that. And so you've got Keith Sheffer Jr., Jason Blonde, Brian Tyler, Robert Tyler, and Brian Paulus all walk into South Africa, and they're racing sprint cars down there. And I thought it was cool because we talked to Keith Sheffer Jr., and he was really excited. You know, I saw him. I saw him at the at the Great Lakes uh, traditional sprints banquet and the Great Lakes Super Sprints banquet. He was really excited uh, to head down there. And I think, to be honest with you, Zach, I think he was rather surprised to get invited. Yeah, I think he was too. And I think as well, the competition surprised at how well Mr. Sheffer did in his first start with an asphalt late model. Heat races, the format two 25-lap heat races prior to the main event at Ultimate Raceway or Ultimate Outlaws Raceway in Viringing, South Africa. I know I said that wrong, but we're not going to dwell on it. Uh, Brian Tyler picked up heat race number one, and uh, he was ahead of Blonde and Sheffer, who finished near the top five. Now, official race results do not exist. Uh, at least I can't find them. They're not on Race Monitor. They're not on my race pass, because guess what? Newsflash, that's for America. Uh, so <laughs> um, the, I have not been able to track down any official uh, results for the race, but Paulus and Robert Tyler's results are unknown for heat race number one. In heat race number two, Paulus showed the way for a number of laps before sliding back at the end. Early in the race, problems struck between Robert and Brian Tyler. The pair got together going into turn number three. Both cars made contact with the outside wall. The crash brought an, uh, the end of uh, Robert's night. However, Brian Tyler was able to continue. Main event time, Blonde rolled off in the third spot ahead of Paulus, who started fifth. Sheffer sixth. Brian Tyler rolled off tenth. And Robert Tyler, of course, not able to make the event. When the checkered flag waved at the end of the night, Sheffer Jr. had wheeled his Jimmy McCune lookalike up to third. Brian Tyler carved his way through the field to finish fourth, two spots better than Brian Paulus. And uh, tough luck for the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Famer Jason Blonde, running in third, got tangled up with a lapped car, and was not able to finish the event. Second and final race of the USA versus SA series is this weekend at the Rock Raceway in Brockpan, South Africa, and streaming of that event is available at Motorsports A. That's Motorsports with a Z A. dot TV. And uh, don't panic when you see the price because there is a little bit of a money conversion difference there. It's about eight or nine dollars to uh, go ahead and purchase the live stream. So check it out if you feel so inclined. You worked hard on that research, didn't you? Woo! I got to say, actually, I thank you for bringing that up. Huge shout out to Keith Keith Sheffer Jr.'s fiance, Jason Blonde's daughter, Morgan. She has been my go-to all week. Hey, hey, what's going on? Hey, get me some pictures. Hey, what's you know? Tell me about this. And uh, she's been so great, so gracious. And by the way, Morgan, if you want to look up something, she had the honor, Rich, of singing our national anthem at the start of the event in South Africa. So not only were the drivers there representing USA, Morgan got to represent these United States by singing our nation's anthem, and uh, she knocked it out of the park, as she always does. And, and from what I understand, that's pretty cool. They really support the Americans coming down there. Um, it, you know, it's not a us against them. Right. They really enjoy the competition, and because the, the, the wheelmen we send down there are no pushovers by any means. Right. Yeah, and actually, I saw some shots. Uh, it's almost like the Olympics. There are flags in the crowd, uh, you know, some South African flags, some American flags. They're waving them around. It is it is quite the spectacle, uh, is my understanding. And so they're going to do it all over again this Saturday at the Rock Raceway, and then we uh, bring those guys back and tell them to get ready for our season here in Michigan. Well, I think it's pretty cool, but 
I can't believe this next story. You kind of gave up the Zach Heiser flag to let me read it. I know. Because, I, it just so happened to fall that way, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In your backyard. Uh, Butler Motor Speedway announced that the up- upcoming Legends of the Past night on July 22nd of this season will now also be the Chuck Wilson Memorial Night. The event will honor uh, the late Chuck Wilson, a beloved member of the racing community and multi-time Butler Motor Speedway champion. Increased payouts payouts for sprint cars, uh, which the Wilson family is known for racing in, uh, will be announced. Additional event information and increased payouts throughout Zach will be published at a later date. That'll be right in your backyard. If you don't have anything going on, I know where you're going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And Chad Wilson has already posted. Of course, uh, Chuck's son, Chad, still races uh, sprint cars around this region, has already posted about folks if they want to support that um, to get a hold of him. Sounds like they're going to try to do what Kevin has done for the Reeve Memorial at the end of the year, do some lap money and, and really blow this thing out and make it a big deal. Hey, we had a lot of people that I didn't even realize until we started digging into this last week. A lot of guys down in Florida, right near you in northwest Florida, I don't know that it's near you, but in the same state, uh, racing IMCA Modifieds over the past week. Were you close enough to go see anything? No, because I don't know that, I I think, I don't know that there was enough liquor to buy here to get me up there (laughs) in one trip. (laughs) I think it was about four and a half hours away. Okay, all right. So but I, I didn't... Try, but 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 I was well aware of it, and I was trying to, you know, keep track of it a little bit, like you were. Yeah. So Clash on the Coast, four nights of racing in one week. Uh, started last week down at Northwest Florida Speedway. Now the full cap recaps are on our website at horsepowerhappenings.com. But over the weekend, Friday and Saturday, the two big nights, and uh, Friday a forgettable night for many of our Michigan guys. So we won't even talk about Friday. But we will talk about Saturday. What a night on Saturday night, the grand finale for the uh, Crate Racing USA Street Stocks, which Rob Brillhart was in, and IMCA Modifieds. Brillhart had his best night of the week on Saturday, coming from third to finish second in his heat race before posting a top five in the feature, finishing third. He had consistently run around eighth or seventh all week, so found some speed on Saturday. Modifieds well represented as well on Saturday. How about Chase Rosebro? Started on the pin and went wire to wire to pick up heat race win. Dale Cake the third was on the loud pedal in his third heat race, going from eighth to fourth, just one spot shy of a transfer. Colin Thurlby impressive during his sixth heat race. The number 47 went from fourth to first and held the top spot to collect the win. Cake could not hold on in his B main, started on the pin, missed the setup, falling to sixth by the end of the race. How about that main event, though? Chase Rosebrough led the field to the green in his number 17 and the West Branch Michigan native led for the better part of the race, Rich. But as we know can happen sometimes when you're up front, that car jumped sideways on Roseboro, and he couldn't gather it back up before spinning in front of the field. He encountered some minor damage but retired from the event, earning a 24th-place finish. As for Thurlby, the Traverse City native posted his best finish of the week, earning a top five. Now, none of the Michigan drivers were in contention for a top ten in the clash on the coast points. However, Thurlby's backup car was. The E47 piloted this week by Jesse Enterkin finished seventh in event points. Meanwhile, Brillhart brought home sixth-place honors, in the Crusa Street Stock points. So a good week. A.J. Ward uh, was down there as well. Uh, he was racing that uh, that iconic live wire racing number 20. Uh, he was down there racing. And uh, a couple other guys, too, that I know I'll forget if I try to name them off. But there was about half a dozen guys racing down there this week from Michigan. And, again, all those recaps available at horsepowerhappenings.com. The initial plan was try to go hit that because I knew – 
uh, the clash at the coast was down here. And I was like, oh, I am definitely going over there. <laughs> and then as the as the days went on, it was like, well, maybe not. Maybe We're not. not. Gonna, maybe not. I got better things to do. But that's pretty cool. Zach, I tell you, a couple weeks ago, remember, um, we had we kicked off the week for Katie Hettinger, uh, her podcast week when everybody wanted to talk to her uh, after her performance down at the World Series at New Smyrna. Well, this week she told us uh, it was going to happen. We thought it was going to happen when we spoke to her, and now it is confirmed. Katie Hettinger will be in a dirt sprint car. Uh, coming up in 2023, the 15-year-old will compete in 15 micro sprint races at Millbridge Speedway uh, for Mike Carver Racing. She brings with her the support of Team Chevy, uh, Josh Wise, and Lauren Rainier. Uh, this is in addition to her commitments with Anthony Camping Racing. So, uh, Zach, we remember when Carson Hosovar did that? He kind of got over there to Millbridge to get some dirt experience before he jumped uh, in a super late model. Yeah. Katie's now expanding her knowledge to the dirt as well. That's going to be pretty cool. We're going to have to keep up on that this summer. And remember, early in her career, she ran some dirt track stuff. And uh, <clears throat> I think that I, I, I believe that uh, dirt track drivers have better car control on the pavement. So uh, this may just be a little bit of a uh, little bit of exercise for her to kind of expand that profile. I don't think it, I don't think it hurts her at all by getting a little bit more experience, uh, different genres of racing yeah i think that i think that's good for anybody who wants to move forward uh, if she just wanted to run pavement lay model racing she wouldn't need to do that so obviously her goals are a lot higher from where she's at and carson hosovar did the same thing and look where he's at so uh we got to keep on keep an eye on katie this summer and just see how how good she does and millbridge really is the place to be right now if you're a family of nascar at all uh, you talk about Carson Hosovar, Haley Deegan has run down there, the Bushes have run there, Kyle has gotten in a car there, of course Braxton racing there, or Brexton, I'm sorry, Brexton or Braxton, I'm not sure. Braxton. Yes, yep. thank you. Uh, has run there, uh, I know that uh, Larson's kid has gotten a car there, Boyer's kid has raced there a little bit, so uh, there, there's great connections to be had down there at Millbridge, so it's pretty cool. Hey, uh, before we get to our featured interviews tonight, I want to remind you that race season is now like a month away, right? I mean, we're we're it's go time, okay? Let me tell you something, gents. Try that fire suit on. Winter's not usually nice to us. Make sure you got a little bit of room in there to still be able to sit down in that thing. Uh, make sure <laughs> that your helmet's in date. Make sure your belts are in date. And oh yeah, by the way, make sure your transponder and receiver are working properly. Make sure they're charged up. Make sure that receiver doesn't have the greeny meanies going on in the battery compartment. Make sure that you can turn it up, change channels, all those things. If it's not working properly or you've had it for a long time and you don't want it to fail, check out MI Service Solutions. They have your hookup on all things electronic scoring for the racer and the racetrack. They're Michigan-owned and operated. They're a Westhold and Raceiver dealer featuring rechargeable and direct wire transponders, mounting pouches, chargers, all Raceiver models, parts, and accessories. And they have the new Lightseaver, which is being recommended at Owasso Speedway and other places around the area. Not required yet but highly recommended to give drivers instant notification of track conditions. Find MI Service Solutions on Facebook and order anytime online at miservicesolutions.com and be sure to use that promo code HPH10 for 10% off your order at checkout. Time to get into our interviews tonight, and it's our pleasure now to welcome in the driver who makes his home in Coldwater, Michigan, a former Great Lakes Super Sprint Series champion, and now the new face of Home Pro Racing, Ryan Rule. Welcome into Horsepower Happenings. 
Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, we were just kind of joking about this off the air. Uh, it's time to talk about where Ryan has landed again uh, in, in this offseason. Um, and this time, I think last year there was a lot of excitement about you uh, pairing up with Ken Mackey and, and doing that deal with the 25. But there was also with that a lot of question marks about if that would work and, and, and would those things mesh. This year, and for me, I'm hearing and feeling nothing but excitement about the partnership between you and Home Pro Racing. Great equipment, uh, not, not knocking what you've had in the past either, whether it's with, with Ken or Dan, Danny or anybody, but great equipment, great staff, and a great will and, and want to win. Um, how are you feeling about this year? Is this year different in your mind as well as far as what you've went through the last couple of years? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, you know, Kenny and everybody, they had great stuff, but I, I think Shannon has been around long enough and he's, he's been in business long enough. He kind of is trying to make sure, you know, everyone's in the right place and nobody's, nobody's freaked out and he's not kind of overstepping anything. He wants everyone to, you know, have fun and win races. When you saw the, you know, opportunity, uh, and I think we all kind of saw it at the same time down there in East Bay, all of a sudden, uh, you know, Cole Macedo is driving this car and everybody goes, okay, now what does that mean? Um, were you, I mean, right from the start, were you considering this? Or, I mean, I understand you guys were already kind of working on a direction for Ryan Rule to, to be able to do something you know, with either yourself or, or with a, a previous team that you'd worked with before, and then this door opens, and, and you just kind of knock on it just to see what's there. Is that right? Well, not not exactly. I uh, I, I had kind of such a bad time last season that I, I was really dragging my feet, and I wasn't sure what what I wanted to do. I, I mean, I knew I didn't want to quit racing but I knew I couldn't do it on my own and I didn't want to really drag someone into it if I wasn't you know, feeling like I had my whole heart into it and but I I him hawed and I I got a hold of Ken Adgate and he said he he would be willing to help and when he helped me out before he he's just a good dude and I knew even if we ran the B main every night it it would still be fun, but yeah, I saw, I saw Macedo racing the home pro car and I thought, man, I, I doubt he's going to race in Michigan all year. And shortly after East Bay was over, Shannon gave me a call and I, I was, I was completely surprised. Ryan, you, the last few years, man, I mean, you talk about um, how successful you were with Smith Motorsports and then, and then going over to Mackey um, and, and then doing a little bit of different, different thing last year in, in 2022. Um, do, what do you got left? I mean, are you, obviously you don't want to keep bouncing around uh, like you've been with all the success you've had in your career, but uh, is this a place that maybe you can settle down with for a little bit? I think so. Um I mean, I guess we'll see how it goes. I, I think a lot of it has to do with with performance and, you know, keeping the home pro car up front where where Shannon expects it and where it should be. But, yeah, I mean, 
it's not my favorite thing jumping around and trying to get comfortable with teams. But yeah, Shannon, Shannon has mentioned that he would like to, uh, make this at least a few year thing. If we, uh, if we can get it where it needs to go. Now in that vein, I guess, because people may be wondering, you know, we tried to cover it as best we could and, uh, you know, rumor mills are rumor mills. So can you break down a little bit what kind of happened last year with with all of that? Uh, because, you know, you, you started the season, as we mentioned, with great excitement with with Ken Mackey and, and that team. And then, you know, you guys came out of the box with a lot of momentum, but it felt like nothing but bad luck. And then, you know, whatever happened there happens. You kind of go to this William Seal coating deal uh, with uh, with Danny Williams, if I'm remembering correctly, and that's kind of a partnership mm-hmm. between the two of you, where you're kind of sharing some equipment or what have you. And now, you know, now we're now we're to home pro roofing. So, what was the timeline like? What were the circumstances for last season? You know, that that had that have led you to be where you are now. Oh, geez. Uh- yeah, the the Mackey thing. It the, there was a lot of excitement. Everything sounded like it was going to be great. And then the first the first race or two, it it was pretty solid. Um, and I thought things were going to kind of you know mesh well. But then then we started having mechanical problems, and then we worked through some of those, and then we couldn't, I don't know, I guess couldn't communicate that great. So that started to cause issues. And then I I actually don't even remember how long it went, but, you know, it got to be where nobody enjoyed going to the track. And the Danny, Danny was sponsoring the team and he kind of said he, he had to do something else. And then it was about a week later, I, I said I had to do something else. And, uh, I, you know, I kind of just thought I was going to be sitting out the rest of the summer, but I think Danny was still thinking about restarting a team of his own. So once him and I weren't doing anything, he, he asked if he could drop a roller off of my house. And if I would put a motor in it until he got his motor back and I, you know, to be honest, I I said yeah just to uh, make sure I could still race because it it didn't fully make sense to me how the Mackey deal with all his know how and you know how I'd had a few good seasons and everything was top of the line I I just was worried that maybe I'd lost it and that's why the you know we were finishing so bad. You know, we, Ryan, we, we, we talked, um, you know, as, as you moved along and, 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 you know, you said all, you know, especially Smith Motorsports, all we we're looking forward to this, you know, with Mackie, you were looking forward to this, but really you're now stepping into a ride that really Danny Sands, the third really was strong, um, pretty much throughout all of 2022 in that car. That's got to give you a lot of confidence. Well, and then not only that, uh, but Macedo goes down to East Bay, right, and parks yeah, it in the yeah, square exactly. at the King of the 360s. So it's already proven this season that it's good stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's 
obviously fast, fast cars, fast team. Um, but yeah, Danny, Danny had an awesome year last year. And then Cole was you know, fast right out of the gate in the car. Um, and it's, it's kind of reassuring to me that Shannon is getting stuff through Brian Kemenaw, who, when I was getting my own cars, that, that's who I sort of fell back on and got a lot of great advice through. It's kind of just the stuff that I would get if I was trying to have my own team. Now, how important is the, um, obviously chemistry is a big part of, of what you do. We just heard that. Um, so when I was talking with Shannon and kind of getting ready for this, um, you know, there's obviously going to be three other drivers that are going to be part of this team uh, with Macedo returning, and then Blake Hahn will do some stuff as well. Um, for for you and the crew, crew chief, things of that nature, I mean, how important is that aspect of it? Have you met some of those guys that you're going to be working with and, and kind of started to uh, build that communication and, and get to know one another? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I have. Um, Shannon's main crew member is uh robert flanagan which him and i worked together so oh, I, I, i'm scared to even try to remember how long ago <laughs> it was but <laughs> years ago um in the jim wolfield 3w and we got along great we we talk at the races every weekend and then shannon also hired nick nouveau who used to help chase Radenauer, and he's he's a great kid and, you know, always fun to be around and I think pretty observant of how things work. So I, I yeah, I, I'm feeling good about everyone on board. I want to go back to something that you said uh, just a couple of minutes ago. Um, I've got you having had a birthday not that long ago. So happy belated birthday. Um, <laughs> Thank you. 36 years old. It doesn't it blows my mind that you're 36 years old. Um how much do you have to work on getting out of your own head about your capabilities and remind yourself that it was only two years ago that you won a championship and won a mess of races and, and keep that mental sharpness and keep that mental focus. I mean, truly how challenging has that been over these last couple of seasons where things just haven't meshed well? Um, I, I think it's humongous. Thankfully I've had, you know, a lot of, good people around me, uh, my wife, Courtney, a, a lot of my friends, um, you know, try to really reassure me that they don't think it's, they don't think it's fully me that isn't, isn't getting good results. Um, and uh, Nathan Vivard at the end of last year asked me to race his car, which, you know, I, I was kind of prepared for nobody to offer me, any more rides because I, you know, I hadn't had any great finishes all year. Um, but he, he took a chance and we had a lot of speed and I got a lot of confidence back, but it kind of some more bad luck and sort of got his car destroyed for him. But, but it, it was a little reassuring. I want to, I want to look at something here for you real quick. Uh, and I want to look at great Lakes super sprint series statistics because that's primarily what you're going to be doing with the home pro uh, racing squad, and that's what you primarily had been doing. Since 2016, when the Great Lakes Super Sprints started, you've ran 62 events. 
Of those 62, you finished inside the top 10 50 times. That's 80% of races run inside the top 10 since 2016. Uh, 47 of those were top fives. That's 75% of races run. You're inside the top five. And you've picked up 10 feature wins in the Great Lakes Super Sprint Series. That, in a span of just three seasons, 2019, 2020, and 2021, 10 feature wins between those three seasons. When you hear those stats, does that encourage you? Does that remind you, you know, kind of a, a damn right I can drive a sprint car? You know what I mean? Like, when you stop and just remember everything that you've been able to do, is that what you have to do to, to kind of boost yourself and, and say, yeah, we're going to take this this 50-year shingles car and we're going to do some really great things this year? Oh, I, I would say absolutely because that sounds way better than, than I remember. But I you know, I think it's most drivers only feel as good as their last race. And I didn't have too many strong races last year, so it just sort of leaves you questioning things in the off season. Let's talk about those other two drivers as well, uh, Macedo and Blake. Um, you're going to get a chance to work with them. Uh, I think that the uh, way the schedule works out, you guys will actually uh, share the pit stall a couple of times uh, You know, throughout the season. Have you worked with those guys before? Have you raced with them before? Do you have any background with those two drivers? Uh, a little bit. Um, Cole, obviously doing a lot of 410 Fremont Attica stuff and I know he he traveled and raced for some different teams last year um yeah he's yeah he's definitely on the upswing I think he's gonna you know be be a serious name in the sport for a while and and Blake actually when the ASCS first came to I-96 and I had a pretty good weekend with um, with my crew chief Terry Stewart, and it was the the after hours blue sixteen car. Um, Blake hung out for a long time afterwards. It might have been because his truck was broke down, but <laughs> but he he was in the pits for a while, and we we chatted for a long time, and he was a good dude. And then ever since then, the few times that I would venture off to bigger 360 races he was he was always friendly and so I'm, I'm really excited that both of those guys are in the car and, and Shannon's been super cool um you know I think he thinks he needs to reassure me or make me you know think that I don't I don't have to worry about parts getting lost one way or another which I you know I'm not I'm not worried about at all I'm just thankful to be racing and but, yeah, those guys are, are awesome, and I'm excited to kind of team up with them. Ryan, you got to be pretty confident. I mean, moving into the 2023 season uh, with the Great Lakes Super Sprints, an expanded schedule, obviously, with the addition of NRA in the southern portion. Um, talk about your confidence and what, what uh, your expectations are, really, for 2023. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm – feeling super psyched about all of it i shannon's doing doing a great job of making me feel comfortable with everything the crews they get a hold of me a few times a week to touch base um yeah i really feel like well i can pick 
pick back up, you know, to running up front most of the time. Um, hopefully helping to keep the team on the map. Um, I'm excited that there's some Eldora races on the schedule. Um, I, I think that there shouldn't be, you know, too long of a, a learning curve with the team. I think that we have the capabilities to, to be fast pretty soon. Ryan, I guess uh, to kind of piggyback off of that, you know, you talk about expectations and you look at the schedule and how excited everything is, uh, how excited everything, exciting everything is and excited you are. Um, I guess I do want to kind of focus on what Rich said. What are the expectations? Have those been laid out yet? Um, you mentioned at the top that, you know, you want that car to run where Shannon expects it to. Uh, I know that's not at the back of a B main. That's not where anybody wants it. Um, do you guys have a number or, I mean, is that is that a, the way it works? Or are you guys just trying to build and get through that first month or so and see where you're at? Uh, um, Shannon's been pretty realistic. He, you know, he, he remembers that I used to run up front. Um, but he's, he's like a pretty good team player. He, he knows that sometimes stuff needs to get sorted out before everyone gets going. But I, I feel like he has a lot of faith in me and the crew and, it doesn't sound like he's going to go off the deep end if we have a bad night. <laughs> That's good. Which, yeah, definitely. I'm, I mean, you know, I kind of have a, I don't know, not not as aggressive of a personality as a lot of sprint car drivers, I'd say. And it's, I think it's sort of a big thing for me to not feel like I'm on the chopping block if, mm-hmm. you know, if people that are on the team realize that everyone's, trying to do good it's you know just sometimes things don't work out you know zach it's funny it it you talk about personality right you put ryan rule on any sprint car and he's one of the best that's going to buckle in right but if i was looking for a good book based on his personality i'd ask ryan hey what's what library should i go through to get a good book right but (laughs) that's not who i mean ryan you know i mean we always tease you about that but you buckle in that sprint car and and you are as good as any of those personalities that are out there. And I think too, like like that's kind of what I, I think, Ryan. You're talking about is, you know, you're you're kind of a quiet guy when the helmet is off. Uh, and then to Rich's point, you put the helmet on, and and you know, I'm never surprised to see you send a slide job from the flag stand and make it stick, and and go, you know, on to win the race. It's just, you know, you're you're kind of a t- kind of two different people, and uh, that's just who you are, right? And and so. Um, to Rich's point, right? Like it, you would never know how aggressive you can be behind the wheel just talking to you uh, on the side of the street. Uh, I mean, I, I have to take your guys' word for it a little bit, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. I uh, yeah, I want to, I want to beat everybody on the track and uh, look as good as possible out there. But yeah, I, I uh, just act the way I act. I guess I don't know. 
Got no explanation for it. Yeah, I know. I've been trying to tell that to people who ask me about Rich all the time. I said, I don't know. He just he is who he is. And, <laughs> oh, you know, no, 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 no. Wait. There's a little bit of a difference between Rule and Dahlman, okay? Let's just let's make that clear oh, right away. Oh, man. <laughs> all right, Ryan. Uh, your first time to get behind the wheel uh, with GLSS is coming up uh, in April, uh, April 21st and 22nd, I-96 Speedway and Crystal Speedway, uh, a couple of racetracks that you have found success at. Then – I-96 and Butler in May. Of course, you are familiar with Butler and uh, back to I-96. So really your first, I'm looking at it here, your first uh, six, seven races. Uh, I mean, you've won big shows at Hartford. You started your career at Butler. You found victory lane at I-96. I'm not really familiar with your history at Crystal, but the beginning of this GLSS schedule and the beginning of your home pro schedule, I think is kind of favorable for you. Uh, Yeah, I I agree. Um, I've, I've had pretty good, pretty good results at crystal too. Um, I 96 is, it's kind of a flip of the coin the last few years, you know, like I feel like kind of for everybody it's for what it's worth. I remember the races you win, not the ones that you yard sale the car off turn one, just for whatever that's worth. Uh, uh, thank you for bringing it up, but yeah, good. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for all those places. I, you know, it's it's better to say you've at least won one or two at any of them than only running mid pack. Um, and Shannon has also brought up a, a few other kind of out of town races to hopefully just get some laps in the car before the GLSS season starts, which. Oh, so there's, there's, there's talk about maybe getting in the car before April 21st. Yeah, possibly if uh, everyone, everyone on the crew can get schedules meshed up, how important, which I hope so. I, how I'm important really excited is that? Too. Yeah. How important is that to you, especially because I know the end goal realistically, uh, well, maybe not realistically, but. I think the dream and goal is another GLSS championship for both you and for home pro racing. So um, how important do you think that that opportunity to do that before April 21st is? I, I think it, it would be humongously helpful, but I also know it's, it's tough to get things ready like ahead of schedule, uh, get things situated with work and family and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think the more laps, the better uh, all around. Yeah. Well, man, uh, we just had a great weekend together. You and I were both up north of the bridge uh, with uh, Barry and Great Lakes Super Sprints and Sprints on Ice. Um, I'm also hearing that maybe we're going to get you into a lightning sprint at some time. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that breakfast conversation, there were a lot of potential things that Barry wanted to do. Uh, and Ryan was the only driver sitting at the table, so it all involved Ryan. Uh, so I don't know how many things you actually got volunteered to do that weekend, but uh, it was a pretty cool weekend up there, too. I, uh, you know, we'll, Maybe we'll see you on the ice at some point. Who knows? Uh, crazier things could happen. But, yeah, yeah, Ben. Barry, <laughs> he's, he's so excited. He's an exciting Matt. guy. Well, I tell you, Barry was talking with one guy about lightning sprints and then said, Ryan! We ought to put you in a lightning sprint. I mean, just that quick, it happened. <laughs> and Ryan's like, "Oh, okay, if, yeah, I guess." Uh, uh, I, I luck out. I luck out like that all the time. So, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say. 
Uh, don't miss the uh, the the St. Mary's River Roar next year because Ryan might get literally thrown into a lightning sprint last minute. So, uh, Ryan, always appreciate you making time for us, man. It's always a pleasure to get a chance to catch up with you. And uh, how exciting. A lot of people are fired up about you and Home Pro Racing for 2023. Of course, Cole Macedo, Blake Hahn involved in this as, as well. Home Pro Racing, a lot of people are going to be watching it. A lot of people excited about what you guys are doing with that 50-year shingles car. And, uh, man, I, I can't wait for April 21st to get here and see you guys unload and, and get the season started. Well, I'm, I, I'm unbelievably pumped. And, yeah, I have to give a shout-out to Shannon and his family, Home Pro Roofing, SRF Distribution, and Owens Corning Roofing Products. Um, it, the, you know, their name has been on cars for the last handful of years and they're doing a bunch of cool stuff. There's all the, the little toy cars that the kids are running around with. Um, they are helping out a bunch with GLSS and it's cool that they're marketing like that. Home Pro, uh, Home Pro Roofing Night, by the way. Market calendars now, June 2nd and 3rd at I-96 Speedway, where that is the first opportunity uh, you'll get to see Ryan Rule and Blake Hahn on the same property together and uh, racing against one another, so it's going to be pretty cool. Ryan, thank you, man. Appreciate you so much, and uh, looking forward to seeing what the season brings you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. So happy to be able to get Ryan on. We pick on him a lot because uh, he is so quiet. Uh, but, man, he gets behind that wheel, and he is a completely different guy. Um, the energy is different, I think, this time around uh, about this new opportunity. You know, everything else was kind of, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. It should go well, but we'll see how it goes. This time with Home Pro Racing, you, he said it. You know, he's extremely pumped about this, and he's ready to get rolling. Yeah, a few years ago, I mean, we would have thought about this, Zach, right? When after picking up a championship with Smith Motorsports, and and we know how strong they are, and they picked up another championship this year uh, with Max Stambaugh, you just didn't see, you know, Ryan Rule's career going this way, and um, you know, a little bit of a gut check for him, maybe sure. to himself, I think, you know, uh, to find out where he was at. But uh, I think he is really confident. But like I said, like I told Ryan with the success that Danny Sams had last year with this race team, he's got to feel awfully confident uh, that he's going to be able to step in this car pretty easily uh, and be able to perform up to the expectations that they performed at last year. Well, and the other thing, too, is, you know, a lot of sprint car fans around the state of Michigan probably did the same thing I did. 36 years old, Rich, he's quickly becoming a veteran of sprint car racing. You know, he's still... Uh, he's still aspiring and looking up to the Dustin Daggett's and the Phil Gressman's and the and the Greg Dahlman's, but Ryan Rule's a veteran of sprint car racing. He's not the young gun, young kid anymore. He's still at 36 years old. He's not old by any means. I'm not saying that, um, but you know, like he mentioned, it it was a it, like you said, it was a gut check. It was a reality check. Like man, 35 years old. There's no way I'm washed up already. Um, but it's kind of that transition period for him right now. Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, we, we love Ryan because he'll come on and he'll give us all the time. Whenever we ask him, he comes on. And we love talking to Ryan about championships and wins. And it's not been a lot of that the last couple of years, you know. And um, it's always about we, – we teased him a little bit, but it, this is the annual visit for Ryan Rule lately because we're trying to figure out what you're driving. Yeah. Uh, I think it's pretty cool this year. And I think we'll probably have him on – 
he's probably going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's going to have some big wins this year that he's going to make us put him back on the show. I, that's just my opinion. There is no way Ryan Rule is done. Uh, he can compete with any of the guys that he drives against on a weekly basis, no doubt in my mind. I want to go back to those statistics I told us, told you in the interview. Uh, GLSS, right? That's kind of the big dog in our area. 61 races competed since 2016. 80% of those you finished in the top 10. Um, Ryan Rule's a contender every week. So that's I think that's all you need to know. Yeah, I mean, and I'd like to know the percentage of wins because I know he's got a bunch of them. And – I mean, you know, you're a champion. You don't you don't back your way into championships <laughs> against the competition that he runs against every week. Right. Right. Yep. With Dustin Daggett, Greg Dahlman. I mean, you want to go on and on and on. Uh, Jared Horseman. These guys that he races against, these are the best from our region. And, and he can compete with them. This is not a Ryan Rule problem. He's going to be just fine in 2023. Well, surprise interview that uh, realistically uh, pull the curtain back. I don't know where it's going to end up at in the show because we were just about wrapped up with production, and I saw the breaking news, and I texted uh, this driver who is from somewhere. I haven't had a chance to do any <laughs> any prep work for this at all. Um, well, we've had him on enough. I could help you. He's you, from Brighton, Michigan. Thank you. The Brighton, Michigan driver, uh, Red Bud 400 champion, Kyle Crump, uh, joins us as a surprise breaking news interview. Uh, Kyle, good evening. Welcome in, man. Yeah, how's it going, guys? Always a pleasure being on here. So uh, we talked to you a couple of weeks ago uh, about your 2023 season. And a uh, lot of lot of lot of excitement for you in Crosstown Motorsports and and the things that you're going to do with with them. And when we finished up that interview, you kind of left us wondering if there was more. Just the way that that whole interview played out, it was like there might be something else on the horizon for Kyle Crump. And uh, I'll be darned if that news didn't break tonight. In addition to your commitments with Crosstown Motorsports, uh, in a Facebook post you say that the news is out. You'll be driving the TK Racing number 71 this coming season. Super thankful for the opportunity and looking forward to making the best of it. Um, wow. This is huge. Uh, t- I guess right off the top, talk to me about how this came together. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of came together really fast. Uh, you know, first and foremost, super thankful for the opportunity and for Tom Kamak believing in me and letting me drive his car. But, uh, yeah, just really, really cool for me. Uh, grew up watching the 71 race with Johnny Van Dorn winning countless races in that thing at money or, uh, battle at Berlin and all across the country. And, uh, then Carson stepping in it in the 71 and, uh, just so much history behind that car. And then for me to be able to you know, take the ropes for this season and hopefully uh, continue on in its winning ways. It's uh, a really cool opportunity, and I'm super excited about it. You know, I got to tease you a little, Kyle, because you know where I'm at, right? And you had to do this tonight, knowing I'm down here in Florida. <laughs> you, you're making me work longer hours now. You could have saved this release till like Thursday or Friday, and we could have done it on a regular show next Monday. Um, but, man, congratulations, really. This is uh, – this has really got to be a step. I mean, all, all the years, you know, you've worked really, really hard uh, and, and really gotten good at your craft. And now really having a full schedule with TK Racing and with Crosstown Motorsports, uh, that's got to feel pretty good to you. Yeah, it fits in perfectly, too, with how Crosstown Motorsports is going to go about racing next season. We weren't hitting all of the ASA races or, you know, the full tour just with, 
their schedule and then working around with their uh, company that they have. And with the TK 71 ride, it, I can go race slinger with them. And then uh, the few uh, local CRA Jeg shows at Birch Run and just kind of dabble in other races and uh, fits right in. It's going to make for an action-packed summer for me. This really was the Van Dorn Racing Development house car for so long. You talked about it. Johnny really, you know, made a made a mark with this thing. Uh, I believe Carson took it to a Red Bud 400, or Johnny did. I, I'm a little sketchy there. Uh, in an emotional season, right after uh, you know that, uh, that that was that tragic death had taken place. Anyhow, since Carson has his career has kind of blossomed, he's been running that 14 car a lot more, and this 71 has been super quiet uh, since then. How much excitement is there from TK Racing? You kind of talked about it with with your side of things, but how much excitement is there from TK Racing to get this car back on the racetrack competitively? Yeah, I haven't talked to Tom too much, but uh, when we put that schedule together, he was really looking forward to it. We're going to go over to Slinger, and then we're going to head over to I-44 for an SRL race and then uh, hit some ones up near home here, like I said, at Birch Run. And uh, he seems pretty amped up about it. I think it's going to be a little more races than he's been doing the past few years. So uh, get him back to the track, get him back in the spotter stand. He loves the spot for the car. So uh, I think he's going to be looking forward to it. Now, you obviously, we were, we were talking about uh, the new ASA Stars National Tour, and and all the noise behind that and all the publicity, how many of those races now with this addition uh, are you going to be able to actually make? I don't know off the top of my head. I want to say four of them for sure. Uh, I'd like to run more, but it's just not fitting in the schedule currently. But uh, definitely a a good way to get our feet wet and see how this uh, national tour is going to go. I think it's going to be really cool. And uh, I'm super excited for this weekend to watch the one down in Pensacola, the season opener, and see what it's all about. Kyle, man, uh, this is awesome. Again, May 13th, this is the schedule that was just posted on on social media. Kyle Crump with TK Racing. May 13th, race one of the Jags Triple Crown at Birch Run. June 7th, Money in the Bank 150 at Berlin. June 29th, the SRL Firecracker 150 at I-44. What a cool racetrack that is. July 1st, race two of the Jags Triple Crown at Birch Run. Slinger Nationals on July 11th and the Jags Triple Crown finale at Birch Run on September 9th. Six shows. Kyle Crump with the number 71 car. Man, I saw this break. I said we got to chat about this because this is huge news. Um, and, again, this is in addition to what you're doing with Crosstown. Um, pretty cool that they are gonna that they that they are all right with you running with other people because we, we do know there are some race teams that really they prefer exclusive, exclusive deals. And uh, how awesome for you to be able to branch out a little bit. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, really thankful on Crosstown's part for letting me do this. And uh, – also, just building the notebook up, too, for Van Dorn Racing. Uh, Crosstown's heavily involved with the development there with Johnny and Butch, and uh, we'll add TK into the mix and uh, hopefully just keep getting our equipment better and better. Well, Kyle, man, uh, this is a surprise breaking news interview. Obviously, we love talking to you a little bit more than we do right now, but uh, appreciate you taking that text message and making some time for us to chat about this. And, uh, man, I'm even more fired up now. Jeg season opener May 13th. Uh, triple crown race number one and uh, you're going to be there in that 71 car so that's pretty cool man good luck yeah no thank you guys thanks for having me on uh, really enjoy the show and uh, always a pleasure being here
Hey, I want to say thanks to Be Cool Radiators by way of CNT Services. Be Cool is the studio sponsor for this quarter of Horsepower Happenings. Be Cool is the leader in power cooling systems. They've got it all from electronic fans to coolers to radiators to whatever you need. Uh, they have it. OE products, factory fit, LS swaps. You know, everybody wants to put those LS engines places that they don't belong. Uh, you still got to cool that engine, and Be Cool Radiators can help you with that. Check them out. Essexville, Michigan. BeCool.com or call them anytime at 1-800-691-2667. Well, Zach, on the phone lines, a gentleman um, I've been friends with for several years now. Uh, he kind of started out the way we did, Zach. He, he was a race car driver. Uh, he is the president of the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame, along with the vice president of... Uh, of the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club, so we get to spend a lot of time together seeing I'm on the board. Uh, Dave DeHem, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Dave, uh, first of all, I mean, we usually ask about a little bit of background, but you really did. I mean, you started out as a driver, um, and and then really it kind of led you in to all the support of motorsports that you have throughout the state of Michigan. Now, can just kind of talk about that. Uh, yeah, it did. I mean, um, I start going out to Mount Clemens racetrack in the seventies, uh, basically to watch Larry LeMay because he drove my boss's race car. Um, and that's, that's Larry's the reason I went to the racetrack all the time, but eventually I was like everybody else that sat in the bleachers and decided I could do it better. So <laughs> in, in the fall of 81, myself and a buddy, we bought a, bought a street stock and we really set out to set the world on fire and you know we didn't know half the stuff we didn't know and so it was a learning experience and we raced at Mount Clemens for oh the last four or five years of its existence and our last race was in 85 and then once it closed I was stuck with a couple of race cars a couple of motors a couple of trailers things that really weren't competitive say like down at Flat Rock um, which is where a lot of the guys went to, uh, thought about going to auto city when they paved it. But by that time I was into boating and, and things like that. So we, we boated for a number of years and just went to the races from time to time. But in 2001, I got the bug again and I bought a legends car and I traveled with the Michigan Legends series for, well, 13, 14 years. Uh, I eventually ended up as their PR director and chaplain. Uh, drove my own car for four years, traveled all over the Midwest, which was just a, a huge amount of fun. Uh, we never set the world on fire, but you know what? We were there every week. We filled the field, you know, finished solid middle of the pack and just enjoyed ourselves with the family atmosphere. And, you know, we were out of the seat for a while. And I, as I ended my career driving, uh, I was driving the house car for John Turnbull and the Michigan legends. And my actual last 30 lap feature was at flat rock speedway the day after my birthday. So that is, that is know. so cool. Now, yeah. now, now tell me now. So you go from that, um, you know, pretty committed to just having fun and, and racing when you can. Um, and then the Michigan auto racing fan club and then the, and then the Michigan motorsports hall of fame, um, two really key entities within our state that really support motorsports. Absolutely. Absolutely. I joined, uh, my wife and I joined the fan club in 1979. 
uh, on a Friday night, and it was in November, snowing like heck. And we went to the meeting, enjoyed ourselves, and we signed up. I think it cost us five dollars for a couple. And best deal in all auto racing, as Gary Lindahl will say. But we joined in '79, and we we stayed active and stayed a member of the club to this day. But in 2001, I was selected as the, the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Fan of the Year. Well, that kind of sucked me in pretty good, so I got on the board of directors, and I've been on that board since. 2001. Uh, I was president for four years, 2009 to 2013, and I've served a couple of stints as vice president. Uh, and right now, my main focus is to help uh, the present president, John Jackson, do a good job and and really enjoy what he's doing. Um, now, as far as the, the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame, I'd gone to a couple of banquets, number one, to see Vito LaPiccolo get inducted. And I remembered sitting there saying, you know, I could do this. I watched Dan Vancouver up on the podium addressing everyone. He was the president at the time. And I go, yeah, I could do that. Never, never dreaming that I would. But um, I went to a couple of, couple of banquets and then I decided as as the president of the, the fan club, I just felt like we needed a connection back and forth between the two organizations. So I got a hold of them and I went to a couple of meetings and, and the late Tom Kestenholtz uh, made the motion to put me on as a board member. And I believe it was seconded by Skip Conkle. And the rest is history. I've been on the board since 2008 and I took over as president in 2015. Talk to me about the uh, the run to president for you, um, because I think we've all done that before where we've joined something, thinking that this might be something we like doing, and it's kind of like Rich and Horsepower Happenings. Yeah, we'll play around with it with, for a year, or two, for a year yeah. or two, and then all of a sudden you're sucked in and you're getting, you know, volunteered to do this, that, and the other thing. Um, all of a sudden you're president of, of a prestigious organization within our, within our community. Uh, you know, whether they admit it or not, I think anybody that's involved in motorsports would love to be enshrined in some way in a hall of fame. That's the, that's the top of the accomplishment board. Um, and oh, so absolutely. to be president of that organization, I mean, did you ever expect anything like that to happen and, and how have you enjoyed your tenure? Um, yeah, I never expected it to happen. And I, n- I never felt worthy of it. Um, and, I, and to this day, I still pinch myself. But <clears throat> what it was is that, that Dan Vancouvering, after serving nine terms, was looking to step back and take take a less lesser role in the organization. Um, and he contacted three of us that were on the board of directors and privately and mentioned what he was up to. And I knew who the other two were. And so I was kind of impressed that he would even think that of me because I just didn't have that aspiration. I was very happy doing my board member duties and, and doing everything that was expected of me. Um, but when the other two decided that they didn't want to do it, I kind of looked at the landscape and said, you know what, this guy thought enough of me. I guess I ought to take a shot at it. Um, so over the winter, uh, Gary Lindahl and Sharon had been, over at my house in Florida when I had a house in Florida and I kind of hinted around a little bit about, you know, what he thought about the hall and how things were going, because I knew that he was part of the original founding group. 
And uh, he kind of encouraged me. And, and based on that, I, I decided to tell Dan Vancouver that I would, I would go ahead and throw my head in the ring. And I have to be very honest. It is, it is a role that I totally respect. Um, I know that at times it can be hard, but I also know that I have a duty to, you know, honor those that excel in motorsports in Michigan. And that's my focus. And I just don't focus on oval track racing. I focus on all racing, drag racing, motorcycles, snowmobiles, everything. I have to educate myself in all of that. So, yeah, I take, I take it very seriously. And I, I feel very humbled and honored to be able to serve as the president. So let's in all honesty. let's talk about some of the details then, because um, what I think is neat is that it's really uh, the the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame inductees is almost a conversation. I like to say it's a conversation of peers um, because you know you someone has to submit you as a consideration after you meet a certain criteria. So let's talk about that. How how do people get even considered? to be a member of the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame. Okay, the way the way it works is no matter no matter what you do in in motorsports, whether you're a driver, team owner, car owner, car builder, PR guy, uh, announcer, whatever, basically you need to have started your career at least 25 years prior. Uh, the other thing is if you're a driver, uh, that type of person, um, we have a requirement that you be retired for five years, a period of time, no less than five years, or have attained the age of 55 years of age. Um, because there's still a lot of guys that are older that have had phenomenal careers that are still racing and they're over 55. So why exclude them? So basically when you meet those requirements, you would send a, a one page biography into me, which my address is on the, on the website. And you can email that to me. We And we actually like it best in word form. But the biography would come to me. Then I will go ahead and look at it. Then I send that out to the board of directors. Um, now, we ask for a one-page uh, biography. However, I can guarantee you that 90% 90, 90 of those that come in are probably two and three pages long. And I actually just got a recent submittal that was a was a binder about two inches thick. Oh boy! Uh, oh yeah, very good reading, chock full of pictures, very very detailed. Took a lot of time and effort in it, but fortunately they did have a, a one page cover sheet, which was perfect. So what I do at that point is I take the bio as submitted, and I make no judgment on it. I send it directly out to all of our board members so that they can review it and then comment on it. Um, I feel it is very important that if our board members, they, they need to know everything they can because some of them are drag racers, some of them are motorcycle racers, some are boat racers, some are snowmobile racers. So they need to learn as much as they can through the biography, biography about any given driver or talent. Um, Cause you know, they may not know much about oval track racing. Whereas I may not know that much about snowmobile racing, but we have guys on the board that do know snowmobile racing. So we kind of play off each other. But basically once that bio goes out to the board of directors, 
and they comment back to me either through email or by phone or at the next board meeting, then we put the, the biography into consideration. And at that point, what it does is it goes on to the preliminary ballot, which I'm in the process of preparing as, you know, at this time of year, because we'll vote the preliminary ballot in uh, the month of April. And that's only voted on by the board. Um, and what we do is we, we make sure that they're in the proper voting categories and that uh, the bios, you know, we feel that the person's worthy of consideration. Um, and that could, you know, that you might have out of 17 people, you could have eight people say, yeah, that person's a shoe in and the others say, well, we're not so sure, but the majority rules. And so we, we always try to embrace each other's opinions, whether we agree with them or not. But basically after that, we do the, we do the preliminary ballot, which is voted upon by the board of directors and we'll take the top 10 vote getters in each of the five categories. And those, those 50 names make up the final ballot, which is then sent out to all board members, all past board members, provided they, they would like to vote. They have that privilege and that honor. And anyone who's in the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame uh, has that honor as well. So all past inductees have the privilege to vote all past board members and all board members on the final ballot, which we vote on in May. So that's pretty much the process. Um, once a, once a biography comes in uh, and is placed into consideration, it stays in consideration until such time, either the person is selected to go into the hall of fame or they decide that they would rather not uh, wait any longer or, you know, they just decide, no, it's not for them. So they pull it. Dave, I got to tell you, man, um, you know, neither Zach nor I will ever even have an entry <laughs> or, or, <laughs> or a letter uh, to be in consideration for our driving skills anyway. But, um, <laughs> but I got to tell you, um, really, when you put this out to every, everybody, the members, uh, all the submittals, you guys really do get it right. Because if you are not exceptional, at what you do above and beyond within the state of Michigan, um, you're not going to get in. And that just shows uh, throughout the years with your inductees. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look, you look at the people that go in all the time and, you know, even myself as, as, as a fan, I'll, I'll look at some of the folks that we've inducted, you know, based on the vote. And I'll say, well, I don't know. I wasn't so sure about that. But then I'll tell you what, when you're at the banquet and at the ceremony and they're giving their acceptance and you're talking to them, then you say, you know what? We did get it right. Um, I'll give you an example of that, too. Yesterday morning, uh, the wife and I went out for breakfast at a local restaurant. And there's a group of car guys that come in every Sunday morning and they occupy the middle table. They push a bunch of tables together. And I recognize a few, but don't really know them that well. So I, I really don't see anything. Well, as I'm sitting there, this older gentleman with his walker and his white hair comes traddling on in. I looked up and I go, wait a minute. That's Tom Tignanelli. Tom Tignanelli was just inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. 
him and his family, Tignanelli family in Shadow Woods Racing. You're very instrumental in, in the funny car industry in the Detroit area. Uh, they sponsored a ton of cars at Mount Clemens. Well, long story short, as I finish my breakfast, and I, I walk over to Tom, and I walk up to him. I go, Tom? He looks up, and yeah. He's kind of looking at me like, do I know you? And I introduced myself, and my name didn't hit him right away. And I told him what I represented. His face lit up so big. Uh, we spent 15 more minutes talking, and he just <laughs> he told me three or four times how much of an honor that meant to him to be inducted into the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame. Wow. And I've got to tell you, it made my day, and I know it made his day. But that tells me we get it right, just like you said. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we're happy to be able to do this, uh, to talk with Dave and kind of kick off Michigan Motorsports History Month. And we're happy to have Sweet Manufacturing on board for this as well. Michigan-owned and operated Sweet Manufacturing offers the best technology for the racer in almost every department on the car. Check out their new ultra-lightweight quick-release coupler. And for those dirt track drivers who are really trying to save their equipment, they're trying to keep the mud and dirt out of your rack with a brand-new boot technology that's being being released very soon as well only at sweet manufacturing check them out online sweetmanufacturing.com or by calling 800-441-8619 dave i got another question for you i mean there's a as we see you know there's a lot and we, and we have a lot of successful uh <laughs> drivers throughout the state of michigan and yes. and and i hear a lot of people say well why aren't they in the hall of fame why you know do when you go out and visit racetracks do you try when you talk to some of these guys that you know that probably should be easily a shoe in, you would think, and they just haven't been submitted? Um, do you try to talk to them and say, hey, you need you should submit something uh, to us because uh, you'd probably be in a pretty good position? Oh, absolutely. Um, every every year as we announce the, the new inductees, we, we get that same conversation on social media. And I'm pretty sure i probably put out about 10 fires every every june and you know some some i fan the flame some i guess i don't put out or whatever but the the truth is and and you hit it on the hit the nail on the head if we don't get a biography there's not a thing we can do um in the beginning it was the board of directors that selected each and every um inductee but in 1994, they changed that for 1995, and that's when we extended the voting privileges. And the bio, you know, the, the board of directors used to go out and solicit bios to share with the board members. Um, so, yeah, we do. We will solicit bios. If we see a person that we think should go in or has a chance to go in and we know they don't have a bio in, we'll tell them, hey, you need to do a bio. And, you know, there's a number of people that are out there that people say, well, how come so-and-so is not in? Well, the truth is we've approached that person, and, and quite honestly, they don't feel that they, they want that honor. They're very happy with what they've done, and, and they don't feel that that's for them, and we have to respect that, you know, but... I want to go I'm ahead and... Uh, question. Yeah, and, and, and that's... I think that that's one of the great things, as I said earlier, about the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame is it is that 
kind of you know of peers, right? Somebody submits it on your behalf, uh, and and then or you know it could. I mean, again, it could even be submitted by your yourself, but uh, somebody has to take that initiative to say, I think this person is worthy of being in the Michigan Motor Sports Hall of Fame. And then it goes through the process that you already talked about. So, Dave, Absolutely. we're going to switch gears here. Uh, you know, we yeah. we were internally talking about doing this Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame, uh, excuse me, Michigan Motorsports History Month. And then, uh, you know, tragically but almost poetically, um, you know, the, the sad news came out a couple of weeks ago about the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame founder, uh, Dick Lee, and, and we thought yeah. not only do we want to bring Dave on to educate about the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame, um, but you said, I want to take some time and also talk about Dick and, and talk about, you know, the legacy that he's left behind with this Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame. And so um, I know that you've prepared some general thoughts. I'm not even going to start with yeah. the question. I just want you to speak on on his life and, and on his vision for what we all now, you know, as racers would dream to be a part of at some point. You know, taking it back to the beginning, it was back in 1980. Uh, Dick was doing some, some writing, working with Alan Brown, who's also in the Hall of Fame and is still on the board of directors today. Um, he and Alan Brown were publishing the Michigan Auto Racing Yearbook for a few years. I don't know if you've ever seen any of those, but it's really, really a great book. It kept off the whole year track by track. Um, but he and Alan were doing that. And somewhere along the line, Dick had this vision of enshrining those that are excellent in motorsports. So he assembled on, it was April 22nd, 1980. He got John Tenney, Mace Thomas, Dick and Pat Beebe, Dick Meislowak, Pete Stugard, John Shipman, Bill Stone, Bob Lewis, Vito Piccolo, Alan Brown, Gary Lindahl, along with himself, and had a meeting, and they decided at that moment that they were starting, well, first they didn't know if it would be called Marhoff or the Michigan Auto Racing Hall of Fame, but when they thought about it some more and decided to cover the other motorsports, that's when they came up with Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame. And that was Dick's vision. Um, I mean, he had, he had been at that time, you know, he started – attending races in 1950 at the Grand Rapids Speedrome. Uh, later on in the following year, he went to Berlin. And in 1957, he started doing some driving. Uh, later, getting out of the seat and putting people in the car for himself. But like I said, in 1980 is when he had this vision. At the time, he was doing oil paintings of race cars, and they were good enough to get him some newspaper coverage. Um, and at the time that in 2002, I'm reading this from his biography, uh, in 2002, Berlin Raceway had three of his large oil paintings hanging in their office and they were seen from the fifties, sixties and eighties. And that's quite an honor for him, but you know, he had this vision to, you know, just honor those that, that entertained us, that, that did such a fantastic job in, in motorsports. And, and not just our local heroes at the local racetrack, but, you know, people who went to Indianapolis, people who went to Oswego, uh, people who traveled to Florida, you know, guys that rode two wheels, people that drove four wheels, people that flew airplanes, 
people in boats. And so we've got everything in there. But his dream has lasted this many years. And it was in 1982 is when they had their first induction. They didn't have, they didn't have inductees right away. But in 1982, I can tell you that the first inductees were Maury Rose, Troy Rutman, Sam Sessions, Wilson Fidoa, John Markham, Iggy Katona, Henry Banks, Vern Fritch, Charlie Volker, and Lou Welch. And I'm sure people will recognize those names. What a class, huh? What a class. Yo, phenomenal, phenomenal. And, you know, Dick was the first president, and he was he served in that role until September of 83 when he was selected to be the executive director of the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame. And he is actually the only executive director we've ever had because when he retired from the board, they did away with the position. And he, to this day, and will always be the executive director emeritus. Yeah. Um, you know, Dick Dick has done so many things for motorsports. Um, he's I very fortunate. Uh, he would call me from time to time, but I got a daily email from him. I have got a file on my computer that must have sixty stories in it that he wrote. Wow! Uh, about the early days at Berlin, about whiskey, you know, whiskey river. Uh, you know, all the old tracks. Um, he wrote a series of books as well. Um, and I was fortunate that he's featured in my, bio, my biography in one of them, which is the West Michigan Auto Racing book, 1903 to present. And it's there's like 3,000 pages. And he did that. Um, he also, over the years, put out a newsletter called Track Facts. Uh, it was a, it was a 35 page book, 32 page tabloid that covered oval track auto racing. And he did that for several years until, well, his financial backer pulled out, but he also, he also published the Berlin raceway track program for over 15 years, right up until the time that the white caps took over. And not only did he do the Michigan motorsports hall of fame, he's the founder of the Berlin raceway hall of fame. And a member of that too. Well, wow. yeah, the guy the guy had an extreme passion for racing and and for people. You know, and it's because of him that, like you say, each and every person that's that has acceded to this honor of being an inductee to the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame is because he said so. Dave, I got to ask you, man. I mean, um, I know we can't keep you on all night because you know. With, with the knowledge that you have and and everything that the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame does. But talk about um, how important it is, and we, you and I have talked about this before, um, getting the young people involved, whether it's the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame or the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club, because, you know, it always seems, you know, we've talked about it, it's a lot of an aging crowd, right? Uh, you, oh. we, we need to build from the bottom yeah. up. And, um, and I think that's very important for our sport in the state of Michigan. Very much so. Very much so. We, you know, our, our board of directors, uh, we vary in age from, uh, how do I say this nicely? Q-tip. Old to older? Yeah, to uh, older, 
to you know to younger uh we have had we had we had had a young young lady uh darcy fusey she came on she was very young very very young she's still very young yeah i'm old enough to be her dad so yeah she's very young <laughs> um but she served on our board for a number of years and i've got to say to have that youth and that young knowledge was 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 paramount to, to things it really really was um a couple of our board members are younger. Most of us, most of us are older, but it's always encouraging to see youngs, youngsters come to our banquet every year. Um, while they're not there for an honor, they're to, to watch grandma or grandpa or somebody get put in, but they still can get bit by the bug. Yep. You know, absolutely. It, it just, it just, uh, we, we really, you know, we would really like to have some younger people on the board because I got to admit, many of us are getting a little bit long in the tooth, you know, and we're going to need some younger ones to to step up and, and continue this thing on into the future. Dave, as we get ready to wrap up here with our first interview for uh, Michigan Motorsports History Month, uh, I guess a closing thought from you about, I want to make it about Dick Lee um, because without him, uh, you know, obviously we'll have motorsports history in Michigan, but I don't think it would ever be as well recognized, as well documented, uh, and as well cherished as it is without the Hall of Fame. Um, and so I guess kind of some closing thoughts from you on, on Dick Lee and about the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame and uh, everything moving forward. Well, my thoughts on Dick are that he's a great loss. You know, losing him was a great loss. We've lost, we've lost a number of people. Uh, in recent years, it had a lot of history in their minds, and they carried a lot of knowledge with them. And I think Dick Lee carried a tremendous amount of knowledge with him. And unfortunately, he probably took that with him. But he left us a legacy. He he left us a vehicle to honor those that that have excelled in motorsports. And I just i I can't see it doing anything but but moving on and moving forward and. And as long as I'm able to do it, it, it's my passion. It's what I focus on. Um, I retired, but sometimes I wonder if I actually retired because I probably <laughs> spend five or six hours a day on the Hall of Fame anyways. Yeah. But, uh, and, and I can be reached no matter where I'm at. Vacation, up north, doesn't matter. Um, and so the Hall, of Fame is, is the, the Hall of Fame is in good hands, uh, is what I'm, you know. Thank it, you. Not that it was in any question, but... <laughs> the, the, the the board and you know you Dave you know obviously I think when 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 the paramount person passes away there's always some question uh, but it's the mission it's the passion as you mentioned it's the drive of everybody on that board to keep doing this great thing yeah we've got we've got a very very committed board um, our executive committee is, is tremendous uh, John Hotchkiss who's an inductee is our vice president uh, Laura Tucker, who many of us know as our secretary, and John Turnbull Sr. is our is our treasurer. You've got a great group of people. Uh, we've got we've got three or four more past inductees as board members, and the history that that these folks have in their heads and the history that they've lived and their uh, activities in motorsports over the years is just tremendous. I mean, I don't even know how we could add up all the years experience together it would be a huge number dave uh, last thing before we let you go if somebody has that person let's cover it one more time 
Uh, they've got that person in their mind that matches the criteria of 25 years experience, retired for five years. Is that right? Retired for five years or reached the age of 55 if they're still active. That's right. Um, and they've yeah. got that person in their mind. And they think this person deserves the recognition of being a Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame inductee. How do they uh, get that ball rolling? Very easy. Go to the go to the website, www.mmshof.org, uh, and there's, there's sections in there about awards, inductees, nominations, frequently asked questions. There's the address to send it to. There's my phone number. There's my email address. There's everything there. Just, just follow it right out and it'll answer any question you have. Uh, basically to be considered for this year, we need the, the new bios or updated bios by March 15th to be included in that year. But once we have them and they're in the, in the bin, they stay in there, so you don't have to resubmit it every year. But we all we will accept new bios at any time. But once we started the voting process, say if it comes in in April, then it won't be included until the next voting process. So, Dave, just because just to, just to clear up, just because Zach and I are friends with you, that's not going to get it done, right? That's <laughs> not going to get it done. That's you what know I what, thought. guys? You know what, guys? I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I might be the president of this deal, but when it comes down to voting, Dave doesn't vote. <laughs> you don't get any Dave, say, right? They, no, I, I, you know what? I merely run the board. It's not my board. It's not my hall. It belongs to the inductees and it belongs to the board of directors. And all I do is steer it the best I can. And I do well. 90% of the grunt work, I'd say. There you go. <laughs> Dave, I do want to say... And I love it. I, I want to say thank you so much uh, for helping us not only keep this, uh, you know, precious and, and I just can't say enough, prestigious uh, honor going. Uh, thank you for your work in that. Thank you for partnering with us this month to help us be able to uh, shine a light on Michigan motorsports history. Oh, and uh, for doing it. Yeah, and, and, and thank you for, for you know remembering Dick Lee and getting us kicked off here tonight. Well, you're very, very welcome. And, uh, you know, dedicate this month to Dick Lee. Absolutely. I just do. Yeah. All right, that's Dave DeHem. Yeah. He helps us kick off the Michigan Motorsports History Month presented by Sweet Manufacturing right here on Horsepower Happenings. Really looking forward to Michigan Motorsports History Month. Can I just say that? Um, I'll be the first to tell you I'm pretty ignorant to our to our history uh, in Michigan Motorsports. I can talk a lot about what's going on right now, but i got to dive in and learn some stuff, and that's what Michigan Motorsports History Month, presented by Sweet Manufacturing, is all about, Rich. And uh, pretty cool, too. You know, your, your, your great friend and colleague, Gary Lindahl, there at the very beginning for Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame, and uh, looking forward to picking his brain a little bit, too. Yeah, and 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 Dave really, um, really has the background and the knowledge uh, for his position to run the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame to take the reins. Um, yet, it, I mean, yeah, we had it a couple weeks ago. It was just unbelievable, Dick Lee. Um, you know who started this whole thing, um, it, but but with Dave to him, I think it's in the right hands. Uh, Dave's really involved with motorsports in the state of Michigan, whether it's the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club or the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. But like I said, Zach, um, 
our race driving career doesn't have a prayer getting into this baby, does it? <laughs> no, no. Uh, what is that line from Days of Thunder? Uh, just some old boy who was washed up and wasn't worth a you-know-what to begin with. So there you go. Hey, we got some big races coming up. Uh, one of them not really in our region. The next couple, well, two of them not really in our region, but they're getting close, Rich. They are getting close. Yeah, it's. It, I think this is one we've been waiting on, Zach. The ASA Stars National Tour inaugural event finally after all the talk all the noise everybody wondering what's going on well it's finally here the sa stars national tour inaugural event at five flag speedway uh this coming saturday uh 7 30 p.m green flag if you if you can't be there uh at pensacola you can catch it on racing america uh or if you can't catch it on racing america it'll be replayed on map tv on Monday, March 20th at 8 p.m. I think we're all looking forward to this, Zach, to see the competition that shows up to support this brand-new ASA Stars National Tour that uh, that Bob Sargent, uh, this is his dream, right? This, yeah. is what he, this is what it was all about. And, uh, you know, we support, obviously, we work with Bob. We support everything that he does. And here is the beginning of a late-model national tour it's back upon us after all the years that we went without ASA. Uh, they bring the name back, and now the cars and stars are back. This is going to be pretty amazing. Almost 40 cars in the uh, most recent entry list that was put out earlier today. Uh, I think it was 36 or 38 cars from all across the country, and not one of them slouch. Um, so it's, it's, I mean, champions galore, really cool stuff. We talk about races getting close to us, Rich. Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series will invade Atomic Speedway on March 17th and Brownstown Speedway on March 18th. This is the first races for the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series to kind of really kick off that regular season. you got Speed Weeks that is the official, unofficial start of the season for Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt. This now is when you kick it off, right? You go from here and you're racing all the way through until the uh, the Nationals at the end of the year at Eldora. So, um I'm gonna. I, I'm. I'm toying with the idea of making a bonsai trip to Atomic Speedway on the 17th just to see what's going on. But I got commitments on that Saturday. I got to be back up here in Michigan because we got a really fun thing that we're doing with uh, Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club. Yes, we do. Zach. I know. That's yes. what I said. We. You can come <laughs> with. Hey, you Wait. know what? You could come with me to Atomic, and then we can both be garbage at this event on Saturday. We were garbage with the event when we got sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about this that's coming up. Man, okay, Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club uh, Bowling Tournament uh, presented by Northside Towing. Man, we're going to do that on March 18th. Uh, man, it's uh, we really love Chuck Darling does a heck of a job. Let's put that out there right yes. away. Setting this thing up. Uh, I think I, I, I the, the one year I did win the furthest uh, distance traveled and this is at the Royal Scott if if I'm doing this off the off my cuff because I don't have it in front of me the Royal Scott Bowling Center and Golf Club in Lansing is is where it's at um and I think one year and then our friend Brad beat me out the second year by like 15 miles I think he drove 15 miles further than I did to get there but we've been there the last couple of years. A couple of years ago, Zach, we were able to speak uh, to the group. That was really cool for us. That was an honor. And um, I can't say a whole lot about our bowling skills. We didn't win anything for that. <laughs> but uh, but it's you know it's it's great to be around. Uh, you know, the, it's it's a lot of charity. You can raise some money. Um, and and I would I would say anybody who's involved 
in motorsports in the state of Michigan. If you can throw a bowling ball, if you can't, if you want to come out and have some fun, everybody's out there. Make sure you're there at Royal Scott Bowling Center uh, in Lansing. On March 18th. And then last but not least, uh, our friend Tony Izzo, 16 Race Promotions. They are doing the Thal Brawl that we were a part of a couple of years ago at LaSalle Speedway. That's now found a new home at Davenport Speedway out in Iowa. Huge money coming up at the end of the month for uh, Dirt Car Late Models, March 23rd through the 25th out at Davenport Speedway, so looking forward to that one as well. It's going to do it for tonight's episode of Horsepower Happenings. I want to say thanks so much to our guests for joining us tonight, for Rich France to put the umbrella down and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Put the drink down uh, to be a part of the show tonight. Thank you, Scott. You owe me. You owe me. I know. I know. Huge thanks to Scott Menden, who uh, pays the bills, and uh, Rich France, who does a lot of stuff, almost everything else. And uh, I, I, I'm your host, Zach Heiser. We're going to leave that one in there right there. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. talk to you same time, same, here. same time, same place next week right here. Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.